On today's episode of Lit Chat, I give you incredible advice that all of you current, soon-to-be, or future dads are not going to want to miss. Hell, this advice goes out to anyone who's looking to have a baby someday and how you can make it easier for the mommy. Also, what you should not do for the mommy. And all of you current or future mommies out there are going to want to listen and take notes because this is definitely going to help you out. I will also discuss two of my top Karen, or if you will, Ken moments that will make everyone who has ever been employed as a server, as well as every senior citizen, react in outrage. We closed out the show by discussing answering a question from the audience, an interesting time travel question that I will answer for the first time later on. But before we get into that, I wanted to let you know this episode of Lit Chat is brought to you by joeislit.com. If you really love tasty chicken wings, then I've got the sauce tasting review show for you, Lit Eats. Want a good recipe for incredible low sugar donuts? I've got you there. I've got all that and much more at www.joeislit.com. All right, let's light this up. What's up, PTKers? I am Joe Otis, and welcome to episode four of Lit Chat. Today is Wednesday, March 17th, 2021, and it is St. Patrick's Day. And I've got to say, what the hell happened to the warm weather? I was so excited to go outside without freezing my ass off that it suddenly went down to 20 degrees. How am I supposed to walk in this weather? I had a makeshift indoor track that I made in my living room. That's a walk in a circle around my front hallway, but that was ruined once my son became of age. So I had to build up a bunch of these gates and all these uh, like railings. So I had to protect him in case he fell down or so he didn't fall down the steps. So um, we had to make sure he was okay. It does prevent him from getting injured, but it ruined daddy's homemade walking course until these gates come down, which could be several years if we decide to have a second kid. But I am excited because I will be able to monitor my water intake every day. Since in the mail, I received one of those gallon water bottles that track how much you drink each day. My wife made fun of me because it is time stamped and has these motivational messages on it like, go for it. Good job. Keep drinking. It's 12 o'clock. You're almost there. It's three o'clock. So she said to me, what are you trying to be? One of those badass bitches that you see on Instagram. And I guess I am, to be honest. So I'm hoping that this gallon sized water jug is used for a very long time so I can keep up with my hydration. Before we get into our segments for today, I wanted to discuss with you a thought that I had earlier. When I was driving to pick up my son, I was listening to one of the regular podcasts in my rotation, KFC Radio, and they brought up a point that got me thinking. If you think about how far we have advanced in the last 30 to 50 to 100 years, and the earth is around four and a half billion years old, do you think it's possible that beings from other planets were already in Earth's atmosphere? but for whatever reason decided not to make the trip down to visit Earth's surface? When you think about how long Earth has existed, once again, four and a half billion years, as in billions, that there hasn't been actual indisputable evidence that contact with aliens has existed, that seems 
crazy. Many people have different ideas of how humans came into existence. Many believe that we were created by God. Others feel that we are all just spaced us being collected and formed. But is it possible that maybe at some point earlier in history that the first humans were brought here from another planet, perhaps even banished from another planet and brought here on a spacecraft and started to start a new civilization without any technology? Maybe humans are an alien species where you know, Cro-Magnon man and prior forms of human were actually the early humans' true form on, on another planet. Remember, Earth's been around for four and a half billion years. That's a very, very long time. And I've seen it myself where we went from black and white television sets 80 years ago with phones attached to walls. They, you had to use a rotary dial on or connect with the operator prior to dialing out to have telephones that can be held in your hand not connected to anything directly and can play games, videos, and stream television. We have come a long way in 80 years. Who's not to say that the opening crawl to Star Wars a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away could be true and that there is life on other planets that are far more advanced for far longer than we have existed. Maybe perhaps they could have dropped the humans off here to be banished a long time ago. I know I sound like Slater from Days and Confused talking about the aliens, man, but I promise you, I'm not high right now, trust me, or else I will probably be having a panic attack thinking I'm on fire. Yeah, that's an embarrassing true story that I might share with you someday, but until then, let's get into the reason that you are all here, why you probably clicked on the link to stream or download this podcast, as I submit to you a story that I call, How to Be a DILF. The time period is from April 24th, 2019 to the present. I figured since Steve Harvey wrote a book called Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man that was made into the Think Like a Man film series, maybe this segment could work lucratively out for me if one of you out there is a very successful film producer and want to use my idea. This isn't going to be a traditional top five list, so to speak, but here are three do's and three don'ts on what it takes to be a DILF. Do. This is pretty easy if you want to be considered a DILF. Hey, just get in shape. Get jacked. Now, I'm not jacked, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to. And I'm not being superficial here. Getting in shape is not only good for yourself, but it's good for your spouse and your kids. It'll prolong your health. As I alluded to earlier, I'm no fitness model, but that doesn't mean I don't enjoy going out for a walk outdoors. There is no better feeling than that feeling after a workout as the endorphins are flowing through your body. It's a great feeling, but it's not easy to keep, as it's much easier to stay sitting on the couch, you know, enjoying a beer or an ice cream while playing some video games. Believe me, it's been a struggle for me to stay in shape, but it's a battle that I'm trying my best to win. Don't. When she tells you that she is pregnant, if it comes on a beautiful cake that says, Happy Birthday, Dad, on it, by all means, don't laugh as a reaction. This is probably the moment that she's been waiting for her entire life to tell you. Don't laugh about the news. There's nothing funny about being told that you were going to become a dad. Nervous laughter maybe, but a holy shit, what have I done, followed by a ton of laughter is not the way to react. Just keep that in mind. Do. Rub her back when she asks you to. She's holding a 5-12 to pound bowling ball that is kicking all around inside of her, laying on her bladder, causing havoc to her internally, 
If she asks for a back rub, make sure that you give it to her. While you're at it, go to the store, get her some Wawa mac and cheese while you're at it. My point to this do is to get her to feel as relaxed as possible. Now, I said that the baby is wreaking havoc to her inside, but you also have to realize that there is a ton of hormones that are causing her to be more emotional than normal. Being as patient as possible while making sure that she is comfortable will sure score you some daddy points. Don't. By all means, don't eat in front of her during the delivery process. It's okay to eat, but try to eat outside of the room. There is no need for you to bring a burrito, a sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich, several slices of pizza, or a chicken parmesan sandwich in front of her because she is unable to eat for what could be a process that takes over 24 hours. She's pushing on a child, remember. You want this experience to be as pleasant as possible for both of you, so please, don't eat in front of her while she's giving birth. Go to the hospital cafeteria, go to Jimmy John's, go to Cluck U, or even go to McDonald's. But remember, don't eat the food inside the room while she's giving birth. Use the waiting area if you have to. Okay, sorry to interrupt this program, but just another example about how to be a DILF just came up. Uh, so my son just started crying in his crib at... 11:45 at night and um yeah so i had to actually take care of that so that slowed down the process of me releasing the episode so he kept me up from 12 o'clock at night where he was sitting there smiling at me like for whatever whatever reason didn't want to go to bed until four o'clock in the morning so i only had maybe three or four hours of sleep last night so uh so sorry for the delay but we will get this episode out as soon as possible all right, back to the action. Do fix things around the house. I don't know what it is about fixing things around the house, but it drives women wild. Take, for instance, yesterday when my son ripped the hinges off one of the gates in the living room. One of the screws was just sitting there laying on the floor, and this little toddler was sure reaching for it, <laughs> which could have been disastrous. Without flinching, though, I put my son in his little pack and play, which I like to call his jail, and daddy went to get his power tools and drilled this little screw back in and securing the rail back to the wall. It might have been the most excited I've ever seen my wife. And to be honest, I am anything but a handyman. But on this occasion, I stepped up and I fixed things and made her very, very happy. Don't. Okay, I'm saving the dumbest thing for last because I have to admit it was probably one of the worst things I've ever done to my wife. I'm actually going to add two things that I did as if that makes us any better. So we arrived at the hospital at around 8.30 on a Monday night. We had both worked the entire day, and my wife had met with her doctor, and after an examination, recommended that she go to the hospital to be induced. And let me say about that drive to the hospital. It's absolutely nothing like they make it seem in the movies or TV. Especially for a first child. Movies and TV always make it seem like there's a huge rush to get to the hospital, as if the mother is dilating or even crowning, in the car, I'm sure it was quick for some people, but probably not the majority. It took 31 hours for my son to be born, which is over one day. My wife could have been in labor, and we could have taken an ambulance and driven all the way down to Disney World and had the baby right at Mickey's Castle in the Magic Kingdom, and then still have over 12 hours to spare. So back to my story. We get there at around 8.30 at night, and I watch the end of the Vikings-Packers Monday Night Football game on my phone. My wife didn't mind because we were just sitting there at the time 
She in a small, uncomfortable hospital bed and me all cramped up in my tiny chair beside her. When it started to get late and her parents were visiting her, it was recommended that I go to the waiting room and get a little shut-eye. There was another family in the room and the Disney Channel show Shake It Up was playing, so it really wasn't a good place to get some sleep. I went back into the waiting room and it wasn't too long before we were sent to another room for labor to be induced. It was in that room that there was a fold-up chair, like type bed type thing that I really couldn't get to unfold. So the doctor comes in and provides us details in what is going to happen. When he is finished, I quickly ask, excuse me, doctor, do you know how this chair opens up? He didn't know. But fortunately, the nurse let me sleep in the bed next to my wife's, which couldn't have embarrassed my wife anymore. But am I really that much of a fool? My back hurt. And if I can have the choice of being, you know, laying on a screwed up, type of folding chair or a bed, I'm going with the bed. Maybe my back wasn't as painful as it would be to push out a little baby, but I figured no harm, no foul in asking. And now here's the bonus don't. If the mommy decides to try to go the natural route, and if she had her eyes set on doing so, but if the pain is too much and too overwhelming, do not treat her like she's in the UFC being wrapped up in a submission hold, asking her if she gives up, or if she taps out. Maybe it was because of sleep deprivation, but I actually said this and I felt horrible afterwards. She did end up getting the epidural and the baby was born soon after, but the little guy did not want to come out at all and enjoy the comfort of mommy's belly. Plans tend to change. Just make sure that you say the right thing at the appropriate moment. Okay, if you've ever worked as a server or have been charged with being a horrible parking lot driver, you may want to skip this next segment since it's that intense. As I submit to you our next segment entitled, I'm not eating my appetizer after my meal. The time period is July of 2018. My wife finds it amusing to call me a Karen when it comes to food. And this was one of those moments. We were out enjoying a date night in Wildwood, New Jersey, and we were excited to try out a combination seafood slash barbecue place that always had a long wait but we were able to snag a table, making a reservation online. I'm enjoying my Bloody Mary as I decide to order a calamari as my appetizer. The service is very slow, because it's a somewhat packed summer evening. The waitress took our order, but it seemed like forever until our food finally arrives. However, it's the rack of St. Louis-style ribs that I ordered for my entree. I asked the waitress if she could check on the calamari, which she did, but said that it would be a few minutes. A few minutes became 20 minutes as I wasn't going to let my food get cold. So I decided to eat my ribs and when the calamari finally arrived, I asked her to take it away since I'm not going to eat my appetizer after my meal. I could see my wife's cheeks getting red. This is the Karen slash Ken coming out of me. She insisted that I wrap it up and take it home. I agreed because I didn't want to embarrass my wife anymore. What really pissed me off was how the restaurant still charged me for their very late cold product. I am no cheapskate, but you would think they would give it to us in the house because it was very much not their best product. They really didn't care about keeping us happy. And that kind of made me livid. (laughs) And I haven't returned to this restaurant after nearly three years. So what do you think, my loyal audience? Should I give the unnamed restaurant another chance? Or should I stay bitter even though I really should have a heart being that restaurants are going through a tough time right now? Let me know what you think. And now my parking lot story. The time period is January of 2019. I just left CVS to get a prescription 
And I'm making my way with, with my wife in the car through the parking lot to the exit where there's a traffic light that seems to take forever. So I'm parked in the first aisle of rows near the exit and I'm waiting in line for the traffic light to turn green. And then a car pulls up beside me as if to wait to get into that first aisle of cars, even though that there is almost an even amount of distance to go in the second, third, or fourth aisle to walk into the CVS. But this old dude is just sitting there as if to wait for me. Like, maybe I was in a little bit of a cranky mood because I felt the man was just watching me. But I look at him through the glass and shout, what the fuck, dude? So was I beating the Ken here or should I have... (laughs) Or should I have this driver just gone into the second lane instead of making me feel anxious that I'm making him wait, even though I'm waiting for a traffic light? I mean, he couldn't see that I'm just waiting to get an exit. Like, you could just go to the next aisle way. No need to make me sit there and wait right in front of my car. <laughs> Tell me what you think. I mean, am I wrong here? Okay, it's time to answer one of my viewer questions. And TJ Stockton asks, knowing what you know now, what year would you choose to relive in your life? And I need to preface this with, you couldn't change anything long-term. Like after the year was over, you could come back to now. You couldn't go back to 1999, invest in Amazon and make yourself rich today. All right, that's actually a really, really, really good question. So if I had the choice to relive a year of my life. I was thinking that I would relive one of two years. I would want to relive when I, when I was 18 years old, 2001. I think I would want to probably try to relive you know, my high school graduation going into college. Because if I could do it all over again, I'd probably get, go into college being much more jacked than I was because I was kind of like thick during the summertime. And, um, and I ended up getting like more muscular and cut up during the fall. But if I, if I had, you know, a little bit more of some time, you know, to be a little Jack Diesel and going to the parties, having a good time, that's what I would want to do. You know, I can relive watching the XFL again. That was a really fun time. Now, the other year I was thinking of would it be for 2004. So that's the year that I officially turned 21 years old. And I had first met my college friends there. So I had my college friends and my hometown friends. You know, I had them both in my life. So I think 2004 was a good time as well. The music was was bumping. I could actually go to bars. I'd sing my karaoke. I think I would pick 2004. Um, yeah, I mean, 2004 was a cool time. You get to go to the bars. You get to go to Atlantic City. I'm going to definitely go with 2004. All right, folks, you made it to the end. We hit a little snag there with my son keeping me up at night. Delayed it, delayed the podcast by a day. So, yeah, I do apologize for that. I'll try to do better next week, and hopefully I'll get something out for you on Wednesday. But until then, uh, enjoy the NCAA tournament. I You can check out my lip picks. Today I went one for three. I only picked Texas Southern. And, um, yeah, I mean, Appalachian State didn't do too well, and Wichita State choked after a 10-point uh, lead. And, you know, Michigan State losing that lead, I they deserve to lose the game. So UCLA is going to the NCAA tournament, the big dance. And yeah, so I was one for three today in lip picks. I hope to do better tomorrow. I have my bracket out. So once again, just enjoy that weekend. Enjoy your college basketball. And I hope to have some now for you on Wednesday. But until then, stay lit. Goodbye. 
Joe here. You can follow me on Facebook at Joe is lit on YouTube at Joe Otis and on Instagram and Twitter at Joe is very lit. Thanks.